Hey, it's Vaughn here. If this is your first time listening, this is an extended version of our YouTube show, Film Dispute. This episode, we had my friend Martin, and he brought in a huge amount of slides and visual aids. So go to the website, www.filmwank.com, to find a podcast companion that lets you know what's going on. With a heap of Martin's slides and some of my visual aids too. They're not as good. So enjoy! When the story is over and the character has completed their arc, why would we need to see a second, third, or tenth movie dealing with the same things? The answer is money. Sequel! Most of the time it's pretty much the same movie over again, but crappier and in a new location. Once in a while though, a sequel is not only great, but even better than the original. This week we come face to face to find out which is the best sequel of all time on... First Row! Hey, I'm Vaughn and this is Film Dispute. Today my guest is Martin. Hello. Tell us a bit about yourself, Martin. My name's Martin E. Wills. I'm an artist. I'm a, a painter. I'm a sci-fi fan. Uh, big into Star Trek. More than Star Wars. And that's about it. That's cool. me. And today we will be discussing the best sequel of all time. First up, Rob Lost. So his punishment was to watch Movie 43, which a movie was chosen by me. And here was his response to watching Movie 43. Hey, Vaughn. Um, thanks for letting me watch Movie 43. Fuck you. <laughs> An acceptable response because it is a horrible movie. What is it about? Have, have you not seen it? I don't know anything about Movie 43. Okay. Is it better than Movie 42? <laughs> so much better. that They dropped the ball completely. Oh. No, it's basic. Oh, basically, they conned really big artists, like really big a- actors, to star in this because they got Hugh Jackman on real early and then they were like we got Hugh Jackman on this project we'll bring you on and if you just do all you need is a day we'll just shoot your little skit in a day and you're in this project with uh, Hugh Jackman we don't pay you much but you get like 0.5% of all the takings uh-huh. and everyone's like oh well like you're not getting paid much but it's only half a day and I'm going to be on this movie and they got all these huge they got Hugh Jackman you got um, what's Ricky Gervais' friend's name tall boy uh, g- guy, tall guy, yeah, tall guy, yeah. him, Stephen Merchant, uh, Chloe Moretz, uh, guy from 300, uh-huh. everyone, and yeah. it's just the worst skits ever. Just the whole so, skit is Hugh Jackman has balls on his chin, and they're just at a dinner, and he's got balls on his chin, right? And, and they, it's a whole film, it's a whole film of skits, pretty much, and then uh, it's loosely tied together with some kids on the internet looking for weird videos. Cool, it's horrible. Fuck you, <laughs> exactly. So let's go into comments. We have a comment from Gliding Biscuits. You aren't a faggot. So we had last week someone saying we are a faggots, and now we're not. <laughs> and it got three more likes. So take that, El Dossie. The people have spoken. Then we had a reply from Michael who said aren't. <laughs> and it's not correct. That's not a correction. That's not a word. That's the caliber of fans we have on the show trying to correct people incorrectly. Great. Uh, also on the comments we had... Sarah, I've never made it through either film without falling into an REM stage of sleep. Voting for Rob purely for the fact that I didn't like Vaughn's piss-poor attitude. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Maybe you should call up the narcolepsy hotline, because you obviously have an issue if you can't watch a whole movie without falling asleep. My attitude was pretty piss-poor, but I thought it was a slam dunk. Tom said three words, Batman Returns. <laughs> Another great indication of the kind of fans we have and the in- intellect of what we've got going on here. Rob Living posted, I like this Robert guy. He tells the truth. This is, uh, <laughs> this is the kind of responses we're getting today. Uh, I'll get a phone call from Anonymous. 
I don't know who this is from. Yeah, both wrong. More quality feedback <laughs> on, on the film dispute show. Uh, we've got on the phone James. What's James got to say? Oh, it's a message. Fuck. We're going to. Well, Bats is on the wall. It's James, by the way. Killian. Um, I'm definitely voting for Vaughn. Sorry, sorry, Rob. Um, but Bats is completely on the fence. So we were going to put chances um, to see which one Bats would choose. She doesn't know about this. I'm just kind of throwing her in the deep end. Um, but if you guys got the same number, then she would vote for Vaughn. And if you guys got a different month, number, she'd vote for Rob. Maybe one out of two. Um, call me back. You know my number, Vaughn. Bye. Okay. So we've basically got someone saying they'll give me a vote if I phone them and I guess what number they choose out of one <laughs> and two. We'll see if that matters in the votes. And if it does, if it changes <clears> the vote, I'll make the call live on air. I have a feeling it's not going to fucking matter. But let's see who won. So last week we had the best Batman of all time. Scroll down here. Batman Begins wins 28 votes to 23. A little closer uh, than last time. But I don't know what went wrong. What Did you vote? Uh, n- I, I don't. Well, yes, I did. I, 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 voted, for, I voted for Rob. <laughs> Why? Okay, can you, I, don't, I really don't get it. I thought it was an easy win. Or maybe I came across a bit attacky <clears throat> or a bit smug. What's what happened? Uh, I just uh, Rob's very pretty, so <laughs> the vote had to go somewhere. It's a clo- it's a close it's a close thing. Those two films kind of kind of close. But I've, Heath Ledger's pretty great, but, I thi- but you're annoying. So yeah. Rob gets the, <laughs> Rob got the vote. So. I think I think the issue is if you saw the feedback that we got, uh, fans aren't very intelligent. Just didn't know what was going on. Probably voted for the wrong thing. Mm. So I lose this week. So I have a punishment coming my way. What kind of punishment can I look forward to? And so here's my punishment for losing last week. Hi, Vaughn. So for losing last week's Battle of the Best Batmans and proving that Batman Begins is the best Batman film, your punishment is to watch S. Darko, the amazingly shit 0% on Rotten Tomatoes sequel to Donnie Darko. Enjoy. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> I'll be watching that, and I'll be giving a review next <clears throat> week. Great. Thank you, Rob. So we can get into the actual show now. Enough okay. BS, enough right. top-heavy stuff. Excellent. So this week, uh, we're going for the best sequel of all time. What have you chosen as your best sequel of all time? Uh, I have chosen Aliens. James Cameron's Aliens. Good choice. Great choice. Yeah. I have chosen... Terminator 2, James James Cameron's other epic. Jake Cameron's <laughs> other epic. Okay, yes. Presenter here, we're professional o- presenter. We're off to a good start. Well, okay, wait, before we even go into that, can we agree on some things? Both great films. Yes. Um, both uh, sci-fi masterpieces? They're milestones for, for, his, for James Cameron's career and in the genre, I would say. Yeah, and I think I also got a little bit of backlash last week. Rob said Dark Knight's a great film, but blah, blah, blah. And I said Batman Kins is a great film, but blah, blah, blah. We're nitpicking here. We're trying to win the argument and we're looking for small little things to nitpick. I love Batman again. I don't. Actually, it's okay. But it's a good film. It's not horrible by any standards, but I had to find ways to put holes in it. And this mm. is the same with today. We're going to be... I love Aliens too. Yeah. Oh, it's, Aliens. It, yeah. Uh, it's, I love it so much, I know the title <laughs> of it. Um, it's, uh, it's For me, it's not so much. I'm nitpicking... 
isn't so much what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that a little bit. Um, it's more the the subtle idea of what makes a better sequel. It's just so we don't get any more hate mail. People going like, "Why did you say it's good if you hate all the stuff about it?" Exactly. I don't hate about it. We're just we're saying which is better and why yeah. something else. So you want to go because first? If, if we got hate mail, if I got any hate mail at all, I would be very very upset. Kids helpline. Just yes. anyone wanting out there? Don't okay. send me any hate mail. <laughs> You're asking Guys, for it now. Guys, don't do it. <laughs> okay, so we'll start with you. You're going to go first. Okay. <clears throat> I'm talking about Alien. And I just want to start off by saying that I'm woefully overprepared for this. Okay. Uh, I have 176 slides. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I- okay, so hello. My name's Martin E. Wills. And I'll be voting for the affirmative that <laughs> Aliens is pretty good. Better than Terminator 2. That's me. That's clearly not me. It's a picture from the internet that I found with my name under it. So, Aliens. The sequel to the film Alien, if you weren't aware, it is a sequel. It's uh, You know it's a sequel because it has the word S after it, indicating that it is a plural, uh, as in there's more than one alien, which in the film first film there was one alien, and then there's now more than one film. So, I can test clever that. title, Aliens is better. So, let's talk about Alien 1, shall we? <clears throat> Do you want to interrupt me at well, this Well, I was going to say... There's the facehugger and the xenomorph, so there's more than one. They're all part of the same life cycle, though, right? right. So, hey. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the first Alien film, released in 79, directed by Ridley Scott, won an Academy Award for visual effects. It's been selected for preservation in the National Film Registry in the US, considered the seventh best science fiction film of all time by the American Film Institute, launched the film career of Sigourney Weaver, and introduced H.R. Uh, Geiger's art to the world... Uh, his fucked up art, and uh, spawned a vast franchise of films, none of which in, uh, starred Claire Danes. Pictured here. Uh, basically, <laughs> Alien is an incredible film. But onto Aliens, commonly known as Alien 2, as demonstrated by Vaughan earlier. Uh, so the production of the, uh, of the second film, Aliens, which we're talking about today, being uh, the thing about the sequels, budget of $18 million, which was roughly about four times more than its original film, James Cameron's second film. James Cameron had to deal with a bit of studio distrust. It was only oh, greenlit after, yeah, after the, seeing the success of The Terminator. I think that's a point to me. Yeah, so... Um, it wouldn't even exist without Terminator. Oh, well, yeah. So the producers of Aliens saw his script for oh. Terminator and thought that he should be the one to direct it, but the studio weren't behind him until they saw the Terminator succeed. He had a British crew that was hostile to uh, the fact that Cameron was a young director. Um, They were heavily unionised and they would break for tea twice a day, which was very strange for the American filmmakers. They were like, what the fuck is going on? And apparently they had to have a big sit down and James Cameron had to be like, guys, this is really important to me that I make this film and I do it in a very short time with a very small budget. We got to fucking get a move on. His first assistant director undermined his, uh, his ideas for shots. So he was eventually fired, caused a, an uproar in the crew. And yeah, so he basically had to quell a mutiny to get the film made. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Like the, the, the um, struggles. That's yeah, the, the struggle of uh, making this sequel. Uh, he also spent 70 days perfecting the pulse rifle sound, which uh, <laughs> is really tricky because it was only a 75-day shoot. Okay, so that's a lie. Uh, so the film oh, itself. Um, <laughs> I hope we've got a reaction shot that we can zoom into yeah. on your face. So we have uh, in the film incredible performances from an exceptional ensemble cast. Now here they are. 
the cast. Pretty much, pretty much everyone didn't like Matt. About we've got you. Bill Paxton here. We've got Michael Bean. We've got uh, Lance Henriksen, uh, Paul Reiser, Sigourney Weaver, some other people, and something I didn't realize was that John Connor's adoptive mother in Terminator Two plays aggressive Latino lady. What? They're the same person. It's been what? 20 years. I did not know. What? That did is... you know that? No. I, had, n- I had no idea. She went to a tanning booth or something. Yeah. Or, yeah. There's, actually, I found like a lot of really weird, interesting connections between both films. Like uh, Terminator, like, man, Kyle, Re- Kyle Reese is like in this one as well. Uh, Michael Bean, yes. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. It is a film which, as we agreed earlier, defines the genre. How does this work? Shut up, it's cool. Interesting character arcs in this film. We start off with Ripley being a post-traumatic stress victim. She starts off like this, and she goes to a, being a functional member of a crew. She uh, becomes an adoptive mother when she finds Newt. It's got a lot to do with the fact that she lost her own daughter in hypersleep, blah, blah, blah. She becomes a respected military leader. She sacrifices herself to save her, her newly adoptive child. She uh, encounters the, the gigantic force of evil. And then she becomes this. So she goes from this to this. That's pretty cool. What do you think about that one? That's a good arc, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll leave my comments to that arc. So you do agree it's a pretty good arc? Good, not great. Hmm, interesting. It's not... I'll, I'll leave it to mine. I'll leave it to mine. I'll let you continue. Uh-huh. I don't uh-huh. want to drop this. Okay. Is cool. Quite... So we've got some quotable dialogue in this film. Uh, here, here's <laughs> one particular excellent quote. Here's another one. Uh, f- uh, pretty good for a human. <laughs> pretty good for a human. Blah, blah, blah. Got another one from Newt here. It's, uh, so quotable. This guy, uh, it's... Uh, he was very upset at this moment in the film. I'm sure you remember. Uh, another one from Newt here. Uh, check those corners. This beautiful piece of dialogue from Newt. Uh, she's, she's an amazing actress. And uh, this, uh, the most quoted line from the film. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're so funny. And this one. They mostly come at night during most nights. I have a mostly. question about that. Yes. There's, is there, I didn't see day on that planet when, I couldn't tell the difference between day and night Did they even have a sun? I don't know I, I, It was being terraformed Yeah, so, so they were creating an atmosphere But I didn't see it at any shot where it was like a daytime It was always night I f- have a feeling that there was an exterior shot When the dropship fucks up because the alien yeah. got on board And it crashes into the nuclear that reactor That seemed day-ish, but it still seemed night-ish It was very well, cloudy it's, It was very much like a dawn or, um, you know Oh, well, it evening be set, kind well of... that would be sunset because <coughs> then it would be night because everything starts fucking up. Yeah, but we also don't know the rotational speed of the planet, so it could be a very slowly rotating planet. These things happen in science fiction, Vaughn. Yeah. Did you know? <laughs> uh, also, but also there could be a very thick atmosphere, which is what the atmospheric processor was supposed to be cleaning up and mm. etc. So you clear on that point? I'm clear on there. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Moist nights. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Aliens tells a distinctly different story to its predecessor. So, Alien, we've got uh, space truckers investigate a strange ship and they all die except Ripley. And Aliens has this story, which is obviously different. <laughs> you can look at that later. I, yeah, I, I disagree wholeheartedly there's, on that. There's some other themes here, which I won't bother to go on about. It also has some very cool shoes. So, So, there we go. Terminator 2. 
practice makes perfect. Name of my presentation. Cool. I'm going to call this section Genius in 30 Minutes because I love this whole film. I adore this film. I was watching it again and I... It's definitely my favorite film of all time at the moment. My favorite film of all time changes every now and then, but watching it again, I'll just like, how are you so smart and so good at filmmaking? I hate myself. He is, he's a genius. Yes, it is a genius. But I'm going to talk about this genius in 30 minutes. So this is the first 30 minutes of the film. You're showing the future, and it's amazing looking. Miniatures, it looks like a real dystopian future, and there's some great foreshadowing with like the playground, and everything about it looks real. Like... I, when I see dystopian futures now, I'm like, it's all CGI. It's all miniatures and great and a great battle scene. And it shows the stakes. Practical effects. Practical effects, yes. Well, it's a good blending of practical. There's a combo in this movie. But it sets the stakes of this movie. This is what's going to happen if they don't achieve their goals. Great way to start it. You're introduced to the T-101. You've just uh, spent a whole movie fearing this un unstoppable killing machine. He's walked into a biker bar naked and just kicked ass yeah. like he pretty much did the whole other film. Yeah. It's great. Uh, leaving in biker gear. You're introduced to the T-1000. Uh, noted there as the T-100. Interesting. Oh, far out. <laughs> oh, Continue. No. We, we know, we, you know, it's fine. It's fine. T1, T-100. For now. We'll just... We'll <laughs> oh, that just, makes we'll... such a big mistake. One tenth of the T-1000. Pretend that says T-1000. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Genius in 30 minutes, everyone. Genius. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. okay, so we don't know who this new person is. He could be human. He could be another Terminator. We don't know. And he get he leaves in a policeman's outfit. He attacks a policeman and gets his clothes. So you're talking about this from the perspective of someone who has... Who has yeah, so let's, let's say that we watched... Yeah. You've so seen, we're not in the year 2016. We're in 1991. We're in 1991. You haven't seen, you haven't seen the trailer. You have not seen nothing. You've seen the first movie. And that's... You're it. coming into this. You're introduced to John Connor. We've never met him before. We get to see he's like a little bad boy. He's got some issues and he's not the greatest of kids, but he's got attitude. But he's alone as well. Uh, and we're introduced to Sarah Connor, who has made the most crazy transformation since the last film. And she's trapped in a mental hospital. She's trapped in jail, pretty much. So we know the exact situation is John Connor is out by himself. Sarah Connor can't help him. And the T-100 and the T-101 are both after him. And you've spent a whole movie fearing T-101. And the reason this is so genius is Arnold Schwarzenegger is in biker gear. What you'd usually uh, associate with uh, ne'er-do-well. Someone you'd be maybe afraid of or a fear. And then the T-1000 is dressed as a policeman. Someone you'd look for to protect and serve you, maybe. What a clever inversion of and expectations. Exactly. And as they meet, it's the perfectly paced... Everything is perfectly paced up to this point. And the score. And Beautiful. the score. Oh, and you hammers. have this meeting of every all the threads coming together. And it just uh, ends on a lovely uh, action set piece. Sarah Connor. This is my major reason why I love this film. Rewatching this again, I was like, I think this is my favorite film character of all time, of everything. Like, not uh, favorite film, like female film, like favorite film character. She starts... As your average iguana holding lady in Terminator 1. And then the transformation she makes to this motherfucking badass. And that's why I think this movie does it a bit better than Alien. The effects of the last movie, the effects of everything that happened in between that time, 
has completely transformed her into a totally new person. Okay, so and the reason that I would probably not agree with that yeah. is that we don't see any of this happen on screen. We go from Sarah Connor in the first film, a waitress, to this. Yeah. We actually don't see the transformation on screen. Waitress and iguana holder. And iguana holder. She may hold iguanas in this film also. We just <laughs> off it's, it's off screen. Everything's off screen. Everything's off screen with Sarah Connor. That's the only thing I don't like about because I love this character as yeah. well. But I just why don't we see that? The difference with, between Alien and Aliens is that there's a reason why Sigourney Weaver may not grow as a character between films, and that's because she's in hypersleep. Well, yeah, I was she can't say, do I was, anything. I'll just say, yeah, like the same can't be said for Ripley. She's been going through a personal hell. She's been taken away from her son she's been fighting hard to make him save the world and she's trapped in this hellhole and ripley's been having a nap and the repercussion yeah that's all she's been doing have a little nap and she wakes up to mad there's, about there's no other way to survive an interstellar space <laughs> journey other than having a nap though lazy that's all i'm saying lazy. she's here in a personal hell not getting woken up by mad about you she's getting woken up about rapists licking her face yeah it's how, whole, how convenient that she escapes just as the T-1000 is coming, though. Why didn't she do that earlier? Lazy. <laughs> no, do you know why? Do you know why she was? Why? She didn't. It's because she was pu pushed to that point <clears throat> by them coming in with the photos saying, hey, the T-100's out and we've seen this That's guy. true. That is true. And then she has, That's she's very true. Her, her hand is forced. That's very true. The T-1000, what a smart move that he's smaller than Arnold. If you saw this a movie like this these days where they're making a sequel... What they do is go, well, we've had a bad guy. We need a new bad guy. He needs to be bigger and stronger and a giant CGI mech warrior guy. And yet here they've gone small. He's <laughs> smaller. He's thinner. He's not like a big tank. But he that makes him... Ant-Man, though. Ant-Man did the opposite. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> Slammed. I got beaten there. Ignore <laughs> that. But he's yet more powerful. And I think that makes him more scary. He's up in the ante, not in numbers, like aliens where they go, well, we've had one alien. Why not a million? But instead of doing that, they're going like, no, there's still one, but he's just, instead of being up in numbers, he's scarier. He's, what's more scary than an unstoppable killing machine? Can I just say on the yeah. numbers issue, yeah. um, there's a reason there's only one. It's because you can only send one through the time machine back in time. Yeah. There's no option for James Cameron in this universe to send more than one. But have you seen all the sequels past this? That's not what we're talking about. I know, but they have sent more and more and more. And I'm just saying, in any other movie, in any other sequel, they would have gone like bigger, better sort of thing. And this, I also didn't think, don't think they have done that. In Terminator 3, there they've was sent the, back more Terminators. They Terminator, sent back a girl In Terminator. Terminator 3, there was the, the, the woman. Yeah. And in Terminator 4, Salvation. I haven't seen I, that, have you? I have, but I can't remember. I watched half and I fell asleep. Narcolepsy. And then. Help line right below <laughs> the screen right here. Please send help. <laughs> And then there's t the latest Terminator, yeah. where again it's just it's just well, the, it's just John Connor as the as the as robot. A new, like, Spoiler alert! Yeah, yeah microbot thing. So that's not true. Again, like, the universe is built. So. No, but I'm saying in any other film, like where let's just say Iron Man, Iron Man three, they're like, well, what if he has a thousand Iron Man suits and they all come in at the end? Like rather than making it bigger and better, and like they could, you reckon they couldn't have written a way that more could have come, or a bigger one could have come, or. Not according to the rules of the universe, no. But the, that's the rules of the universe that they wrote. Like, yeah. They wrote, they can yeah, write James Cameron wrote the universe. But he can write different rules for that universe and say, they've created a new time machine. Like, Terminator and the new one is making his own time machine. He's meant to be a killing machine, but now he can, knows how to make a time machine himself. 
in the, in the oh, new new I one. I did not remember. Yeah, so yeah. he like t- Arnold Schwarzenegger builds a time machine and becomes a construction worker in the new one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's not what he was designed or built for. They could have written it any way they like. They could have written that they've created a new one that has, sends out an army of dudes. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So that's my point. But yeah, so what's scarier than an unstoppable killing machine? A deceptive unstoppable killing machine that can impersonate people that can't really be stopped by conventional means and uh, can change shape. And it's just really creative and scary. Let's move on to movie magic. Terminator 2 is heralded for its special effects with all the liquid metal, all the CGI stuff. But the thing that I really love in this movie is the simple special effects. Like here, like even here, if you look at that little edge of that, this looks like it's built into the ground, but that's just sort of like a curve. It's, it's like he's standing on like a Captain America shield and it's just forced perspective to make it look like it's into the ground. But I don't even understand how they do it. Can anyone write in and tell me how they did this? Like, is it just LEDs on the edge and they've actually cut out? It's probably fluorescent paint. But it, like, I'll show you, it fades. So we'll play this. The fluorescent paint fades and goes like non yeah. anymore. And the things like you... this, like simple effects, sorry, the simple effects like... Using uh, identical twins rather than like split screen, just simple, clever things. Stuff like this where you get the idea of what the effect is by simple filmmaking. Like just turning the camera and you know from Cheap. the sound. Cheap. Sound. It's just clever. And this kind of stuff here, I love this kind of thing where you see him in the bottom of the corner there run up. And then he's, on the co- he's obviously already on the thing and they've got like a stunt double thing. Just clever, clever filmmaking and clever effects. Not always relying on CG. Although it probably wasn't that expensive, but the miniatures as well. Please, Hollywood, bring back miniatures. They're so much fun. Yeah. And they just look real. Like, they feel tangible rather than everything yeah, else. that's true. I'm going to move on to a section called the James Cameron Theory. Uh-huh. Notice how similar... Did you, when you were watching these back, did you notice how strangely similar they are? Actors swapping over. Uh, he likes strong female leads, braless in a singlet. He really likes that. Uh, uh, I don't think there was any of that in, Term- uh, in Aliens, though. There was. Uh, was uh, there? At the very end, when she's putting them in, the, she puts the android sure. in the condom. Okay. And uh, the, he really likes stressful elevator rides. And yeah. he yeah. really likes opening the film with blue chrome bars. Let's have a look at my James Cameron theory. So let's look at, look at Aliens and Terminator 2. Strong female lead. Has dealt with the threat before. Well, it's a sequel. Yeah. Protects a young child. Mm -hmm. Is helped by a cybernetic organism Mm -hmm. that she doesn't trust at first due to bad past experiences. And is able to defeat the threat. Yeah. Have you seen the Evil Dead series before? I haven't. You haven't. Okay, so there's Evil Dead 1. And this was uh, like a... We're back to the horror thing. <laughs> Come on. No, this is just an example. Uh-huh. So Sam Raimi made Evil Dead 1 on as a, like a shoestring budget and plagued with nightmares, creating it with all actors dropping out and all this kind of thing and cobbled together and made like a cult classic. And then he made Evil Dead 2. And Evil Dead 2 is pretty much the exact same movie, but he just has the budget and he has the ability and he has the materials to do it right. So, and the technology as well. So let me propose this. Aliens, 1986. James Cameron. Having some troubles with the crew, you said. A bit of mutiny on the crew. Yeah, yeah. The Abyss, 1989. He starts experimenting with liquid people. He starts going, oh, this technology is pretty good. And then, practice makes perfect. Terminator 2, where he, he gets to make Aliens 2 right. 
he didn't feel like he did it right with Aliens 2, or Aliens. With Terminator 2, he's able to implement all that sort of same story, but do it right. Where now that he has the ability and the proper story, and that's why it's better. It's him doing Aliens I know right. that you're, I know that you're doing your like, and now this is the point that yeah. is going to blow your mind yeah. voice. But what is actually happening is he's making Terminator 1 right. He's no. had the practice of Aliens and Abyss to make Terminator 2 what Terminator 1 was supposed to be. But the, the storyline is completely different. And I, the storyline is so between, close with between, Aliens. Between Terminator 1 and Terminator 2? Yes. Interesting. We'll get to that later. Aliens. The bigger serving size you get at a restaurant, the better the restaurant, right? No, not right. That's a terrible rhetorical question. <laughs> no, the bigger the serving size, the worse the restaurant. What? If you go to a restaurant and you get a big serving size, like a big plate of food that you can't finish, it's not a good restaurant. That's That makes no sense, Warren. It is. You're over-serving. You're meant to have like a nice human-sized portion. So you can have a, lo- a small serving of an amazing piece of food. Yeah. And it's like, that's an amazing restaurant. And you can get a little bit more for the what same... If- you know, well, we're just making shit up, right? <laughs> no, you get a little bit okay, more. I think it's generally. I think put in the comment, like, uh, <clears throat> yeah, put please, in the comment. Please, is it generally thought that if it's a if you're getting too big of a service size that you have to take home, it's a bad restaurant. It's like if a restaurant has a huge menu, you're like, well, why are you cooking all this stuff? Like, focus sure. on a few things. But that's different to getting I'm, like two I'm, portions of food. Okay, let's. If I get a, if I get a large portion of food at a great restaurant, it's still a great restaurant. Uh, yeah, it is, but most of the time, if you're getting a large uh-huh. serving portion, they don't know if serving portions. Okay. Just put it, you decide that in the comments. Have a second. Let's have a food yeah. dispute. Yeah. And we'll talk about that later. Xenomorphs. The design is badass. I think they're one of the coolest design creatures in film history. But not practical. The film. <laughs> I'm going to get so many down votes for being smug. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so it looks really cool, but the film has to continue to make compromises to use these creatures as they don't have a walk cycle that can be shown properly. The scenes have to either be super dark or they have to be strobe lighting all the time or uh, like fast, flashy camera work and strange angles to pull off the xenomorphs. And I'll show you a little example here of the kind of stuff that I have to pull. Like, uh, these are a whole bunch of shots, and these shots are all the entirety you see of the Xenomorph in that shot. And you'll see how quickly some of these go. So these are really dark. I think it's a cool it's a cool scene, but I don't even know what's going on in here. There's, there's just people falling through, you can't really see. Flashes, flashes, flashes. Lots of strobe lighting, and flames and things obscuring it in the front. And if you look at it, it looks really cool, but to hide the janky, non-great movement, they have to do all these things. Yeah. I remember you, like, loudly shouting at Rob about how you don't show your... You don't show the, the, the bad thing because your imagination is the thing that's yeah. most terrifying. Yeah, I, I So I don't see a problem. No, the, the, but the thing is, this is showing that all throughout the movie, the monster is continually shown, but with flashy lights. I couldn't even tell what was going on half Previously, the time. you just showed a shot where the T-1000 changes into a new person by the camera panning away from it. No, they've shown the, they've shown the effect continually, and they know well, you can do the effect. except for in these particular instances, which you're choosing to ignore to make your point. No, no, but I, think, I thought that was just clever filmmaking. Like, you don't have to show it again. You've shown it a million What's times. not clever about not showing the jankiness? I, that is clever. I 100% agree. But... 
it gets to a point where you, when you're showing your monster continually through the movie, which they do show it, and there's clever ways to show it without having to flash the screen all the time, uh, have strobe lights and have every scene set with a police siren in the background flashing everything, uh-huh. so you can barely tell what's going on. It makes me feel sick. I'm sorry, I have such a sensitive soul. <laughs> Great. And the movie has to make sacrifice to compromise for the design. How? What sacrifices does it make? The, the sacrifice it has to make is shot choices and the length of shots. They can't. You can't create a mood of like it creeping up when it looks kind of like it's on wheels. I, but I would argue that the scene in Aliens where they're like stalking through the hallways with the motion tracker. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's, a gra- that's a great. That's a great example of how they did it and that did it right without showing it. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. I 100 percent agree. That's so, a gr- and, and that makes no sacrifices whatsoever. That does, but other other shots do. Other shots. Okay. Uh, where there's like, all the shots I was showing you there were just flashing, and there, there was one falling through the roof, and you could barely see what was yeah. going on. Is it okay to cut quickly in an action scene? It is, but there were scenes where it was. Well, every scene they're in is an action scene, and some of it you just can't tell. You can't tell what's going on. Okay. I think that it's bad. You should be able to tell what's going on in your movie. Let's go to the geek corner. This is a shout out to all the Magic the Gathering players out there. Hearthstone, I hate Hearthstone. Netrunner players. All of those people out there. <laughs> all those one people out there <laughs> watching this video. So this is called Power Creep. Do you yeah. know what Power Creep is? No. Nah. Okay, so Power Creep is, let's just say, I, I make a card game. Mm-hmm. And there's a card in it called the Xenomorph. Uh-huh, yeah. And it's really cool. And it's, like, it's such a uh, great card. And everyone's like, oh, sweet. And then you're releasing like an upgrade or an ex- expansion pack for this game. A oh, power creep. creep. Yeah. I thought you meant like a creepy dude who was like super powerful. <laughs> like his his creepiness was so huge that he like was the, a power creep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, no, um, I understand. Yeah, no, but can, please, for the viewers, for the viewer out there, okay, yes. please continue. Okay, so let's just say you buy this game and it's got this xenomorph and it's really powerful and it's really, really good. But then what happens is they release an expansion. They release a new deck and they're like, well, we want people to buy this new deck. So we'll tap that. And they bring out the Xenomorph Queen and it's even more powerful. And it's so powerful that this isn't really needed to be used anymore because it's just, why not use that instead? And that's what happened in this movie. It's It reminds me a little bit of the T-101 and the T-1000. But that's Interesting. The thing. No, no, no. But that's, that's the thing. Like, I, I agree. It's sort of similar. They create a new villain and he was more powerful but they moved the old villain to be your hero so it sort of moved the power up together so it's still sort of even it's still sort of balanced and what they did differently here is they what was so powerful in that first movie where there was one alien that took down a whole ship only one person and it was a threat for the whole thing the whole thing was about that one alien now they're getting taken out willy-nilly the whole movie just getting shot and they just get taken out and they're not really scary anymore because the power creep that's the really scary one now these are just easy to get rid of and i understand they have more powerful weapons and stuff but it's not as scary now when they're just easily but also that that i mean if we're talking about someone who hasn't seen the film before the the queen did come at the very end of aliens it wasn't a and that, constant that's what i mean the, the whole the whole movie mm-hmm. was rather than the xenomorph be a threat by itself it's only a threat because they've got huge numbers now and that's why and that's the power creep like that by itself took out a whole crew and now it's needing a whole thing to make a dent in that crew yeah sure uh, I would say that the the crew in the first film were unarmed civilians. Yes, yeah. And in the def- second, yeah, there, they, there they, is some they had also been it. upgraded as, you know. Yeah, there is some justifications. However, I feel the biggest point about it is they're not as scary anymore because they're easily disposable. Like that one that took forever to, it took a whole movie to kill that first one. 
and now they're getting shot every few seconds. Yeah. And what's more dangerous about them is did, the acid blood. That's did, causing did, more damage. Did than they themselves. have weapons in the first film? I can't remember. I don't think they did. Fact check us. I don't know. Mm. The final fight. Now, this should be the crescendo of the movie. Sure. And I just thought it was a bit clumsy. I, like, I think the concept's really cool because they need something that make, make it even fight. But her being in that suit was kind of clumsy. It felt like I was watching someone like play quap or something. So you see it's kind of slow and they're sort of dancing around. Like I put this audio with something else and I think it fits exactly the same. <laughs> That's what I thought of the last fight. Well, I mean, I, I guess I my my re- reaction to that would be if you're going to complain about quick cuts and strobing lights, you can't also com- complain about slow, easy to follow action. Like it's, it's one or the other. I, I think easy to follow action, but the whole the movement itself of the action was like. Yeah, because it's a huge heavy machine. I, know, I understand. Like, they have to sell that heaviness. Yeah, I get, I get it, but it's not. On my edge of my seat when I'm seeing someone slowly like it's like that scene in Austin Powers where there's a like a steamroller coming and there's a sure. guy going. Ugh. Well, I mean, again, like I don't know. That's it's an interesting cut from that fight. I mean, it does become a more close encounter thing with the alien's face right in her face and the little like guy coming out and snapping at her and like there's more to that fight than just yeah, that. Yeah, that is. But that was I, I selected that because there is a it whole helps make of a it. point. Yeah. yeah, but it's very slow and it's very. I remember I was watching. I was watching it last night and I was like. Yeah, it's a bit clunky. Cool. The idea of sequels. So what is really that uh, different between the first and second Alien movies? I think it's pretty much the same story, just with more aliens. Chuck in more aliens. Like, they like the alien. Why don't we give them more of it? Hmm, interesting. What does Ripley learn? What does she learn as a character? She learns that not all Bukaki men are evil. (laughs) And then she also learns that a cat can outact a young child. <laughs> <laughs> What's, I reckon the real question here, and this yes. is my main point, the yes. real question is not is Aliens better than Terminator 2? Because I think... It's obvious, it is, yeah. I think the real question is Aliens, is it even better than Alien? And I don't think it is. I think Alien... That's, I really like how Aliens is a horror movie and Aliens is an action movie, but I think the material itself fits better for a horror movie and I think Alien is a better movie and I don't know how you could say the best sequel ever is not even better than the original when I feel that Terminator 2 is leagues ahead of Terminator 1 that's a really odd way to make your point thank you (laughs) can I please have my slides thank you there's only 700 to go so Aliens is an exceptional film. Okay, thanks. And that's my presentation. Uh, <laughs> no. So well, let's talk about, because we're talking about, you know, you're making the point, it does Alien, uh, is Alien a better film than Aliens? Or is Terminator 1 a better film than Terminator 2? And blah, blah, blah. So how does Alien 1, Alien Horror Story, compare to the Terminator 1 at Terminator Origins? So we've established that Alien is an incredible film. You yes. yourself said it's even better than Aliens. It is. Which is uh, an interesting perspective, not the point that we're trying to make here today, but whatever. The Terminator is also an incredible film, but not quite as incredible as Alien 1. But you're telling me I'm going off topic and you're going to the original. You are. Well, I, I, th- I feel, we'll I feel that go. sequels need to be contrasted with their original yes, material. Yes, I understand. I yeah. agree. So uh, released in 84, so five yeah. years later. First film directed by James Cameron. 
that's been selected for preservation in the National Film Registry is not considered to be the seventh best science fiction film of all time. Uh, It helped launch the film career and subsequent Republican Party political career of Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Okay, wait. What is it ranked in the science fiction realm? uh, Not seventh. It's. It, I don't even think it get, comes in the top. Oh, okay. So yeah. I thought you were gonna say it's not seventh. It's first. No, I think when it first was released, people felt it was good but not great. Okay. And since Terminator Two came out, came out, it has been lifted up. Yeah. Because you do look at Terminator One, and especially, I mean, we're talking about how these films are similar to each other. Yeah. Terminator Two starting off with that future war sequence. Terminator One does exactly the same thing, yeah. and it, the miniatures are not good. Yeah. Anyway, so Republican Party political what did career. You think, what did you think of the miniatures and aliens? I thought they stood up. Really? The, like yeah. the, the car sequence, I thought, looked like Hot Wheels. No, I, I mean, it, I, th- I think it's tough when you know that they are miniatures. As soon as you get like that hint in your head that it's like, I'm looking at something small, your brain just picks it out. Yeah. But if you're letting the film wash over you, you don't notice um and i think that's I was true analyzing that film so I'll give yeah you that. i think it's true for uh terminator 2 as well the miniatures like some of the truck sequences oh, yeah, and, yeah. yeah like you can tell that they're anyway so yeah that's the uh republican uh party uh legend that is <laughs> arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> yeah uh well it's this is all done within the slides program oh, so. okay. <laughs> the terminator spawned a vast franchise of films one of which starred claire danes and also edward furlong So look, I've made a handy scoring chart for us. We've uh, we will say that the stronger predecessor um, belongs to Aliens. Uh, Alien One is a better film than The Terminator One. I'll give you that. The most popular film of its release year in 1986. The most popular film is Aliens in 1991. It's The Silence of the Lambs. So yeah, Alien, Aliens. There for a second. How good were movies back in this day? Like, they, how they, good were movies? They were really good nowadays. They're, they're, they're not as great. Yeah. yeah. Ant-Man. Ant- Ant-Man's a good I, film. I, I love Ant-Man. Comparing the sequels. Aliens had a budget of $18 million, about four times what it originally had. The Terminator 2 had a budget of $102 million, which is about, f- I think, 15 times what it originally had uh, mm-hmm. to make the film. Uh, Aliens grossed $130 uh, million worldwide. Terminator 2 grossed half a billion dollars. So... Aliens made 7.2 times what it cost to make. Terminator 2, only about five times. So well, if we go on a greater return of re- investment, which I th- is going to feel is like the most important metric for this debate, Aliens wins. That's fair. Look, we, we, could, we, could argue, we could argue raw figures all day. But if you're going to be a professional, I don't know what I'm talking about. I know, this is bullshit. How are you going to make... You can't make that much when your budget is that high. It's almost impossible to make that... When you're adding it on, like, five times this. What? Like, what's the gap between, actual... What's, so, budget grossed, so, 400 million. So, yeah, it grossed way more than that. But you're It just, did. It did gross way more. Okay. But 18 times... 18 million dollars... Earning, oh, earning 130 million versus 100 million versus getting 500 million. That's great million. for the investors, but for no one else. Not for film. I think it's pretty good for film because uh, films don't get made without investors born unless you're making a shitty little YouTube video. So <laughs> Aliens nominated for seven Oscars, including Best Actress and the Best Original Score. Alien did not garner these uh, nominations for Best Actress and so on. So 
I think this pokes a little hole in your argument that Aliens is uh, less good than Alien. I've, but anyway, okay, Terminator have, 2. Have the Oscars ever been Terminator wrong? 2. Have the Oscars ever been wrong? They have. Yeah. They, they, they definitely have. Yeah. Nominated for only six Oscars, including Best Editing. I mean, editing is important. <laughs> I'm going to hope that you do some editing at that point. So the most Oscar nominations for Aliens. Aliens won two Oscars. Terminator 2 won four. Have the Oscars ever been wrong? Yeah, oh they have. <laughs> Trap. Okay, so the most Oscars won goes to Terminator 2. Aliens tells a story distinctly different to its predecessor. I know that you think that that's not the case, but uh, let's remember this. Uh, it's a different story. It's a very different story. I could do that with Terminator 2. That's BS. It's the same story. Well, I would argue that Terminator 2 tells the same story with more explosions. So this is the story of the first Terminator. Do you want to read that out for me, Vaughn? A killing machine is sent back in time to stop the eventual rise of John Connor, a lone protector sent to stop him. Villain imitates people over the phone, drives a big truck, and is destroyed in a factory. It's fair. Yeah. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I, Same story. I did this. Same story. Come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. Terminator, oh, is, all, Terminator is all about this stuff. These are all scenes uh, in the Terminator. These are all scenes in Terminator 2. Same story. Same story. <laughs> you can't argue the facts. I'm laying, the facts. I'm, totally laying it, I'm laying it all out for you, mate. It's totally different. This is bullshit. You're using okay. comedy to cover okay. the facts. Okay. It's, we can go back. It's fine. No. So Terminator uses the telephone book to locate Sarah Connor. Terminator uses police computer to That's locate... That's different. That's a totally different thing. They need, okay, so the concept of the story okay, is... Okay, all right. They're, they're slightly different things. And it's a things. different people as well. Slightly different things. The Terminator almost captures the target in a public I location. I did Alien. Nightclub. Terminator almost captures target in a public location. The mall. Yeah. Do you want to keep going? They're different. There's one, two, three, okay, do four, you wanna, five, okay, six. There's compa six more. Com compare this to Star Wars, the new Star Wars, and how similar that was. We're not talking about Star yeah, Wars, Yeah, I know, but though. this is different. At least they change things up. And then you have... You're totally throwing out T-1000 Where's t or T-100 in my books. What do you mean? Is he listed anywhere in there? He's the protector. No, T-1000. Yeah, he's the Terminator. Yeah. Terminator used to be... Uh... The Terminator is the Terminator. The Protector is the Protector. Whether they're a robot or a person, doesn't matter. I think you're using phrasing to help yourself here. Well, that's okay. It's an argument. Case in point. <laughs> so telling a different story, I would argue, is, uh, is Aliens. I would say that Aliens wins that one. No, no Now, way. okay, you're happy to disagree. This is, for the, this is for the people out there who, uh, who are smart and know what's up. So in Aliens, the child actor is adorable. I mean, look at her. What a cutie, right? She's gorgeous. Yeah, Terminator 2, the child actor, is a smug little shit. I liked him. So it doesn't cast a smug little shit. Aliens wins there. <laughs> Aliens features cool shoes. So did you know that these went on sale recently? Yeah, Reebok I did, I made did a... see that one. Yeah, yeah. And they sold out very, very quickly. Most actors in uh, Terminator 2 are barefoot during the film, which is... No, this is actually about product placement. Uh, in Aliens, the product placement is like sh the shoes that she happens to be wearing oh. uh, and the Casio that she happens to look at or whatever it is. Yeah. In Terminator 2, we got Pepsi, we got Pepsi, we got Pepsi, okay. we got okay, Pepsi, okay. we got Pepsi, we got Pepsi. Okay. Doesn't feature Pepsi, Aliens. <laughs> How can you in implement product placement in a sci-fi sort of other alien world which they still managed to do as opposed to something set in the real world and our day-to-day 
Like it's more Pepsi could s- exist in the future. Like there, is it, there is it, did a Pepsi take you out of the film? I didn't even notice Pepsi in a film. You didn't notice Pepsi in the film. I didn't. You didn't uh, notice didn't Pepsi out. in it's the not, film. It's not like you uh, didn't notice it's not like Thor Pe- or what was the recent one that came out where they destroyed Batman versus Superman or Superman where they destroyed a Seven Eleven. Like it's not out, out ridiculous out of the way. Thing. I didn't even notice it. I just I guess I wasn't paying that attention. Not ridiculous, everyone. Not ridiculous. Okay, has there ever been actually that's pretty stupid. I was gonna say, has there ever been a Pepsi <laughs> a Pepsi vending machine in an escape fire escape hallway? Why is it there? It's also some of the most iconic shots of the film yeah. as well. I mean that, that was look, that, big that, time. That's a stretch, yeah. but come on. <laughs> there were also a lot of subway uh, product placement because Terminator two did a uh, in 1991, did a, a promotion with Terminator 2, like its film release, and there were, like there were girls holding subway cups. Oh, okay. What was the, there's what was also that? there's also one where like you know where it's uh, they go to Cyberdyne and the guy that comes up with all the papers, he's like, oh, got, got and he's subway. holding he's holding a Pepsi can like oh, with okay, the logo. He's that. like, oh. What was their promotion with Subway? I'll Probably. be snack. <laughs> yeah, buy one foot long, get John Connor. I don't know. <laughs> Cool. So, yeah, doesn't feature Pepsi, Aliens. So, uh, I, now this is... I totally agree with you that uh, that Aliens and Terminator 2 feature strong female yeah. leads. That's one of the reasons I love Terminator 2. The difference is, in Aliens, we have a nurturing woman who is the, uh, the, the, who hasn't, the protagonist. Yeah. She's an adoptive mother. She's, been, she's already had a child which she lost and blah, blah, blah. In Terminator 2, we have Sarah Connor who tries to murder a man in cold blood. Yeah, and then she breaks down before she does it. And she, no, like, she, no, she doesn't. She, she does. shoots up his house. She shoots up his house, and then before she goes for the killing blow, she figures out what she's doing. Like, I is think she is she interrupted by? The, no, she actually no. isn't. Oh, okay. Like, I think she's interrupted by the kid, like jumping out of the way, and she doesn't right. want to shoot. Oh yeah, it's the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you look at the sort of post-traumatic stress that each of these are going through. Mm-hmm. She just wakes up and she's she's having nightmares and she's waking up sweaty. That's and then that's pretty much it. She's actually and having no one believe. She's in such a more stress. She's actually had no one believing her either. And she's not exuding the stress and the frustration that I feel she should have been in that situation. Whereas Sarah Connor is showing what the result of being in the situation that she has been in in the last it's, movie. It's it's almost like James Cameron is exploring two ideas through a similar like character. Yeah. yeah. And I just think Sarah Connor does it better. I, I understand that she's way off. She's not like loving or caring. And I remember mm-hmm. watching a movie. I was like, oh, just be nice to John. You want to see him so much. Why are you being nice? But she's stressed. She's got this weight of the world, literally, on her shoulders. And I feel that it's portrayed perfectly. And it's a great thing. I don't think you can say that because she portrays okay. a more nurturing woman that it's a better character. Uh, well, n- I'm not saying it's a better character, yeah. but what I am saying is it's a more positive feminist narrative for a woman holding a young girl and a gun to set fire to the bad guy's brood of eggs. Yeah. That's awesome. And it shows that like you can be caring and a badass at the same time. Whereas with Sarah Connor, it's like, no, you just have to be the co- a cold-blooded killing machine. Well, she figures so out in the I- end she doesn't. That's what she's trying to get over. That's part of her arc. Well, so that's when she breaks down at the house. That's when she's sort of sure, going but, off that. But the point is that uh, Ripley 
as that compassionate woman does that, yeah. Sarah Connor she is, puts she puts bulletproof vests over him. She's like hide in here. Just covers him with bulletproof vests. And yeah, that's but, not but tucking a kid into bed. But I think that Sarah's motivation is less about her child, and it's more about humanity. And it's more about you're going to be the leader, so you need to be protected. Not that you're my son and, and, and I ready love you. as well. And ready, yeah, yeah sure. exactly. Sure. And that's because she loves him. She yeah. doesn't want to be not ready. And he tells her as well, like she went, goes to destroy. This is an extra feature sort of thing or a cut scene. But she goes to destroy the microchip. Yes. He stops her and she listens to him. She realizes that she's got to give him like his own reins in it. Yes. Yeah, that's true. So, but I, she went through a similar thing in the first film where she realizes she needs to shout commands at Carl Reese and blah blah blah. Yeah. Look, the the only point I'm trying to make is that in Aliens we have a compassionate mother figure who is embracing that. She sacrifices herself to basically rescue Newt. And that's a really positive thing for the feminist story. That's that's all I'm saying. I think that Sarah Connor is similarly strong, but less strong. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad that you agree. So basically... Uh, <laughs> I don't agree. Can I'm, I just I'm, like, I'm just not going to debate you on it. Can I, can, I, can I just say that I love this slide? Because this is just... This is a quote by Robin Williams and all he's doing is quoting someone else. <laughs> It's so stupid. <laughs> What's it got to do with anything? Because it's about love. It's about love. All right. So positive female role model. Aliens edges out. Edges out. Edges out. And this is what it's all about. Because these films are very, very similar. Go and on, let's, why don't you call a cool female? Let's not forget. Ripley went from this to this. Sarah Connor went from this to this. That's bullshit. It's completely accurate. Completely accurate. She's done so, in a mental institution. She, the, the aliens contains interesting Getting character licked. development. So, um, aliens has absolutely no plot holes whatsoever. Terminator Two, Judgment Day. Uh, if the time machine can only send machines wrapped in living tissue, how did a thing made of liquid metal get through? I, I don't. I don't. Well, that's. My I don't want. I got. I got torn to shreds last time. For picking out plot holes, like fucking plot holes don't mean well, that, shit. That's why I'm not gonna pick on yeah. it anymore. So, uh, Aliens lacks any fundamental, fundamentally film ruining plot holes. Uh, there's also these other things, and there's also oh, don't, don't talk about the bad stuntman. <laughs> there's also in uh, in Aliens <laughs> fewer terrible, terrible stuntmen. <laughs> so no obvious stuntman. Oh, so look, summing up. Even if you don't think that Aliens is the best, it's Aliens. These films share Mean a lot usage. of these films share a lot of traits. You got the same director, blah blah blah. They're both critical mi- milestones. They're both wildly popular. Both long-standing franchises. They're both considered some of the best in the genre. Terminator Two was a thrilling action romp, but Aliens defined a genre. It introduced us to Space Marines, which have been uh, copied and copied and copied. Terminator Two gave us groundbreaking special effects with its fucking huge budget. Aliens utilize miniatures and practical effects, which still hold up on a budget one tenth the size. That's a re- that's an achievement. Throwing, yeah, you're that throwing is, all these like caveats and that stuff. That is an it's achievement. Th- I hope people see through this. I hope you see through the like, he does this, but because it has not much money, like if you count the money and you like, it's Terminator Two is groundbreaking not just because of the big money special effects, for the clever editing that I, I mentioned in my presentation. Okay, great point, Vaughn. Uh, look, despite a small budget, Aliens was an ambitious production. Despite a hostile crew, it managed to build on its predecessor in meaningful ways. It took its characters and universe to interesting new places. And Terminator 2 new was places, just... it went back to the same place again. 
well, it did, but instead of just being a dead rock, there was a colony of people there now. I did like the set design, but it was very similar, like visually, to the last one. Well, that makes like, that spaceship. Sure, but that um, makes sense when it's a it's a story within one universe, which it's expanding. So, Terminator Two, in my opinion, was fucking fantastic, but it was just the original Terminator on steroids. Blow, blow. Which makes for a great film, but not the more impressive sequel. And that's the point that I'm making. It's a, it's awesome. It's so good. But in terms of sequel, it's not as good. It's not as an, much an achievement that Alien uh, Aliens I think, was. I think this will come down to for voting. Because I think Terminator 2 is easily the better uh, movie. So I hope you enjoyed my presentation on why Aliens and the Terminator 2 Termination Time to Die are both good films, but one is perhaps better. Do you think it's it's better because of what it was based off, of like how it had a smaller budget and everything? Is that your main point? No, I, I wouldn't boil it down like that. I would say if you look at it in totality, in contrast to Terminator 2, it's more of an achievement especially given it's James Cameron's second film. He didn't have The Abyss to go on and he didn't have the success of Aliens, which set him up for the ease of filming Terminator 2 without a hostile crew and all that kind of stuff. So you're saying it overcame adversity. Absolutely. To to be the film. So I think Alien is a better film than Aliens. And if you believe that as well, I think that's an easy vote for me because you can't say it's the best sequel. you, you, you You could argue... That that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a sorry. lot of people would say that Alien yeah. One is the superior film. What do you? But think? like, well, like I said before, it, Aliens and Alien are distinctly different. One is a one is a horror film, yeah. like a haunted house in space thing. Yeah. Terminator, uh, sorry, Aliens is uh, an, an action science fiction thriller. Yeah. They're different. Yeah, but, and, but and, which do you like and better? And which, down, as you, as you do, what do you, which do you like I, better? I like Aliens better. Aliens. Aliens. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Without without disparaging the first one, I yeah. think it's fucking awesome. As I've said in my yeah. presentation today, yeah. they're, they're, it's an exceptional film. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think if you like. I think Terminator 2 obviously is the better sequel. I think it's my favourite film of all time at, at the moment. They go the distance. Wow. So we leave it up to you now. It's all about voting. Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, any of them. So you go on the website www.filmwank.com. If you feel that Aliens is the better film, vote for Martin. If you feel Terminator 2, vote for me. If you think it's something different, something completely I don't know, Mask 2, Son of Mask. Give us a call on this number here. I can't remember the number. I know it ends in 69 because I chose that because I'm immature. Uh, or send us an email to go into our feedback or leave a comment below. And Love that feedback. Love, lovely feedback. And I guess we'll see you next week. Bye. I hate myself and I, I want to <laughs> die. <laughs>